fighting for freedom every day. You as the individual, you have the power. You don't have to join a union. You go in as an entry-level position. You get the experience that you need. And then as you work up, you get better at your job, which means they pay you more. If they don't pay you more, then you go to another company to show what you've learned and what your value is to where you can get more. If they really don't like that, then you can go and start your own damn business because we have a free market, laissez-faire, capitalist society, allegedly, to where you can actually go off and do your own thing. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. So I have to admit, today's kind of a wacky Monday. It's not a wacky Wednesday. Today's a wacky Monday. Have you seen the stock market today? Good golly. Plus, we have a Fox News poll. Fox News, out of all the news sites out there, polling Joe Biden at the highest approval rating out of any media site. I mean, we're talking above CNN. We're talking above MSNBC. The Biden poll approval rating on Fox News hit 47% today compared to like the 30% we're seeing on all the other sites. What the heck is going on, man? This is kind of a very strange day indeed. Hey, welcome into the show. It is The Voice Reason. I am Andy Hoosier, broadcasting live out of the heartland of America, right here at our flagship radio station in Wichita, Kansas. We are all over the country on multiple radio stations, multiple TV stations, live streaming and podcasting, wherever you may be watching or listening. Welcome aboard your Millennial General reporting for duty, and hopefully you had a wonderful weekend. I have to admit, I had so much to do on my list this weekend. I was really excited, and I was like, man, I'm going to get this done. I'm gonna I got nothing done this weekend, which you need weekends like that once in a while. I ended up playing with Little Voice of Reason. For those that don't know, I have my seven-year-old daughter, and she uh, was really into wanting to play old-school Lincoln Logs and build cabins. So I said, heck, I'm there, man. So we sat in her room, and we had a tea party, and we played Lincoln Logs. That's what we did for a good time on Saturday. Then, I've told you this before, for the family Christmas gift, we ended up getting the Oculus virtual reality system. Still a little hesitant on that one, on using it, and it still feels very funky. You play it for a while, and you kind of have this weird motion sickness disorientation thing. And, uh, yeah, but I played that for a little bit, and the little one played it for a little bit. I found this fun little kid's game where she was just walking around and drawing pictures and doing things, and that was a great time. And I really, we binge-watched like half of the new season of Cobra Kai on Netflix. (laughs) <laughs> that was my weekend. I didn't do a whole lot, and I feel really bad about it, but at the same time, I feel really recharged and ready to go. Hopefully, you were able to do the same thing. Welcome into the show. Lots of good stuff. I don't want to waste any time today. Coming up at the bottom of the hour today, the Hodge Twins, Keith and Kevin Hodge. They have their new book that's out on uh, with Brave Books. We've talked to just about every author with the kids' books on bravebooks.us. Their new book, More Than Spots and Stripes, as they talk about critical race theory and trying to uh, promote an anti-critical race theory message uh, coming out of our public school system. So we'll get to that here in just a little bit. And how do we promote, you know, individualism and not talk about just because of the color of your skin, you're a crazy, wild, radical racist in the country and that somehow that's tied to uh, people having uh, uh, less fortunate opportunities in the country today. So great conversation. We'll get to that here in just a little bit. But I don't want to waste any time. I am really excited to have our first guest on the program today in our What's Trending segment. What's Trending Today? So on Friday, over the weekend, we had the March for Life. We talked about it on the show on Friday, and uh, obviously a big thing. The media barely covered it. I heard just a brief little snippet from the mainstream media with your top-of-the-hour news reports on radio over the country. And they're like, oh, by the way, this thing's going on where some people showed up and did something. 
Right? Is this like an Ilhan Omar? Some people did something over the weekend. We just don't know what that is. They showed up in mass uh, to rally in Washington D.C. because this is the year where we could actually see some major changes in policy when it comes to Roe v. Wade. Now, obviously, we can't just get rid of Roe v. Wade, but they would make a new decision whether it's to put abortion issues back in the hands of the states, whether it would get rid of it altogether. I don't know what's going to happen with a conservative uh, Supreme Court. We could start seeing some changes. And that would just, of course, drive the left absolutely nuts because they're losing one after the other after other. They're taking one hit after another nonstop with this Biden administration. So super excited to talk with someone who was there, who spoke, who was part of it and who got to see things firsthand. Uh, And we are going to get her on the show Friday. Wasn't able to just because, you know, she's doing awesome stuff down there in D.C. She was the she's the director of government relations for the Center for Family and Human Rights, which you can visit them at c-fam.org. Excited to have on the program here, Alexis Fergoso with us here. Alexis, how are you, my friend? Hey, doing great. Great hey, to be here. Thank yeah, you. yeah, I'm great. I'm, I'm really happy to have you on the program. I appreciate that. First off, you were there. You got to speak. You got to be part of this. How was the rally? How was the turnout? I know things obviously a little bit different this year because of COVID and some of the other shenanigans. But overall, did you still feel the momentum and energy from people there? Absolutely. It was freezing cold and people still turned out in a large, very large crowd. Um, There was really, as always, most notably, a ton of young people, Mm -hmm. um, college age students there from uh, from lots of uh, colleges and universities from all over the country. Um, And always really very exciting uh, to be demonstrating our uh, solidarity with uh, unborn children who can't march for themselves. Yeah, amen. I think this has been almost more of a focal point than what we've seen in the last few years because of maybe COVID bringing out the issue of a right to life, the right to protect ourselves, the right to kind of make our own medical decisions. Uh, And when it comes to an issue like this, we want everybody to obviously be safe from COVID. Do you think that this has maybe heightened the conversation when it comes to the abortion issue as well? You know, I'm really not sure if if COVID has had much of an impact on the debate. But what I will say is that in light of Dobbs v. Jackson uh, oral arguments, which were December 1st of last year and a case that we are expecting an opinion out in the early summer, people are really ramped up. They're excited. You could feel that energy of anticipation that this may be the last ro- last year with Roe on the books and we could be looking at... Um, you know, a new battle in at the state level, but certainly a victory for life. Yeah, no, absolutely. Now, the problem is, though, is that we've had some individuals internally from the uh, executive branch, from the administration, where they're not so friendly to this topic. And this doesn't get a whole lot of attention. It used to get a lot of attention with, when Trump was making some uh, decisions and trying to fill different seats and different agencies and departments. And the Democrats, of course, are trying to block every single thing he was doing. But the Biden administration trying to replace some as well. And they're not so friendly to this topic. Talk about who's the latest uh, discussion in Washington, D.C. right now. Sure. So President Biden nominated Sarah Cleveland to be the chief legal diplomat or chief legal uh, advisor for the U.S. State Department. And Cleveland, a few years ago, she served on the U.N. Human Rights Committee. And during her tenure, she lobbied for an international right to abortion. And she was successful insofar as one of the committees found that a treaty, a treaty that the United States has ratified, that this treaty includes a right to abortion. So in her role, 
as a chief legal advisor to the State Department, she would undoubtedly bring her pro-abortion bias. And in addition to that, her belief that governments have this obligation to subordinate themselves to the um, to these unelected international bureaucrats. Yeah. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Which is clearly a problem. Exactly. Yeah. Now, here's the problem as well is that going through this process, I mean, obviously, for those that don't understand this process, when the president nominates someone for a position in one of the executive branch bureaucratic agencies, whatever, they go through the trial and error, the Q&A in the Senate. What's going on in the Senate? Is this being brought up? Is this being a topical issue? And is this a, a point of conversation right now? Yeah, the the committee hearing on uh, Ms. Cleveland's nomination was uh, two weeks ago. And unfortunately, even though uh, we know because we flagged the issue for our uh, GOP committee members, not one of the uh, Republican committee members on the Senate Foreign Relations Committee asked the question about Ms. Cleveland's view on an international right to abortion um, or her view on U.S. sovereignty, the U.S., the American people's prerogative to make decisions about whether or not abortion should be legal uh, in the United States. So clearly um, a disconnect there uh, on how impactful her appointment c- could be, not only on foreign policy, because, of course, the State Department it largely implements the U.S. foreign policy, which includes developmental type policies, so foreign aid, foreign assistance for health care and, uh, and other things, um, really not uh, pressing her on how her views on abortion would not only impact, impact foreign policy and foreign development, but also uh, domestic, uh, the domestic policy uh, relating to abortion. That's troubling. I mean, if we're going to question these individuals on their qualifications and what they're going to do, what their stances are, I mean, even though it's they try to say some of these are non-political, not issue-driven, whatever, I mean, if you're working for the State Department that's going to handle some foreign policy and some domestic policy here, these types of social issues you'd think would be kind of a, a, a front-and-center conversation or at least some type of Q&A on, hey, what's your stance on this and if this comes up across your table, how would you handle or address this issue? Absolutely. And I think in light of the Dobbs v. Jackson case, which we just mentioned, let's say Roe is overturned. Well, according to Cleveland, it really doesn't matter if Roe is overturned because she believes that this international body, which is declared is right, an international right to abortion, would supersede U.S. law. Wow. So for this reason, there's a great deal of concern surrounding her nomination. And, uh, you know, she has not passed through committee yet, and certainly they haven't voted on her nomination at this point, but we are hopeful that Republicans will step up to the plate and ask questions, get her on the record, and defend life. Yeah, no, absolutely. You're you're absolutely right. We're talking with Alexis Fregosa. She is the Director of Government Relations for the Center for Family and Human Rights. You can find them online at c-fam.org. Let's talk about that from the international stage for a second. If she's going to be working through the State Department, obviously we work a lot with the United Nations. Unfortunately, I'm not personally the biggest fan of doing stuff like that. But uh, with this crazy radical progressive movement from the current administration, if we do end up working closer with these international governments, inter- international organizations, then no matter what we do, you you, uh, you kind of touched on it. 
no matter what we do, if the Supreme Court does come down and reverse it, uh, just like they reaffirmed the position that Texas has taken with their state laws right now, that they would push to say, well, that's nice and cute, but that's irrelevant because now the international government says X, Y, and Z, so therefore you just have to abide by that. How dangerous could a position like that be if this ends up moving forward? I think that it could be extremely precarious, uh, not only in terms of, as we're discussing now, our domestic policy and regulations relating to abortion, but of course, the American people have historically, and and even now till the present time, they continue to reject uh, this idea of American uh, promotion of abortion overseas and funding for abortion overseas, uh, as as included in the Helms Amendment, which is I've been, been talked about more recently. Uh, President Biden, his administration has indicated that they would like to remove Helms or rework Helms so that the United States can be promoting abortions overseas. And so certainly if Ms. Cleveland were to be nominated, we could expect that she and the Biden administration would work together to come up with a new definition for the Helms Amendment that would expand the definition. And we would see more American taxpayer dollars paying for abortions in in uh, developing and least developing nations that rely on American assistance for not only economic development, but health care and infrastructure as well. Yeah. Wow, how crazy. I love how they try to tie everything in as well. We'll give you aid. You just have to abide by some of these policies, and we'll help you with building some abortion clinics in there to try and promote this type of mentality. It drives me nuts, and it's an ongoing battle. I think that we're going to see this uh, as kind of a focal point in the midterm elections. Alexis, she's the Director of Government Relations on the Center for Family and Human Rights. Visit them online, c-fam, that's F-A-M dot O-R-G. Alexis, I really appreciate the time, my friend. Keep up the great work. Let's get you back on the show again soon. Great. Thank you so much. Hey, appreciate that very much. Lots more coming up. It's a Monday here on The Voice of Reason. Stay right here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back, and we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. Miss 
part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program, and here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online, helping you defend and preserve this great republic. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. So I got to admit, I usually don't talk about that issue much because, as I've mentioned on the program before, it's very emotional. A lot of people don't like to talk about it. It's very touchy with some. And you're not going to change a whole lot of people's minds. It's one of those, once you're locked in for your opinion on abortion, then it's... Now, not to say we shouldn't talk about it because there was a book a few years back, and I'll never forget, I have the book at the Hoosier Media Network studios in the basement of my home. (laughs) And it's called Reclaiming Conservatism. And what it essentially says is that conservatives need to shy away from social issues because it's a losing issue for them. So they shouldn't talk about social issues like the LGBTQ thing, like abortions, like all that. And I disagree completely. We need to talk about it. I just don't talk about it in that sense. And I mean, it's not like something that we focus on all the time. Well, I have my opinion. I have my views. I have my faith. I have my belief. And I stick to that and will defend it all day long. Uh, it's not something that we try to bring up um, normally because we just don't want that many angry people. But, you know, it is a conversation we do have to have. But here's the kicker. This is why I loved Alexis coming on the program to talk about this and why it was so important is that we can have differing opinions on abortion and when that line's drawn or if there is any line at all, either all the yes or all the no. I think it's really crazy how, like, the state of Virginia was trying to push abortion, like, up to the time the baby was being born. Like, oh, by the way, I changed my mind. I don't want this. That's kind of strange to me. And that's kind of scary and kind of sick all at the same time. But regardless of how anybody believes on that issue, what's really wild is that we're getting individuals into the Biden administration, you know, the sneakiness going on behind the scenes that we don't get to hear on the normal level here with our domestic politics is that he's nominating people into different agencies and departments that are trying to increase the power and control of the international government. United Nations telling us, well, you know, that's cute that you guys have your right to the Second Amendment here in the country with your Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms and it shall not be. That's cute, but international global law says this, and therefore you have your country's laws, but you fall under the blanket of the global law, and therefore you can't have anything that infringes upon that because welcome to the 21st century. See, I'm not okay with that. And that's exactly what they're trying to do. They're losing at the domestic level, so why not take it to the higher up? Kind of like a kid, you know, you have your siblings and the kid wants whatever they can do, the middle child or whoever. It's kind of like, oh, I am I get away with anything. My parents don't really punish me. I can, you know, blame game. I used to do that. I used to, I used to be the victim of that, I should say. I was the oldest. I have two younger siblings and my youngest uh, sibling, my sister, she's, I don't know, eight years younger than me. I remember being in the car and she would be one of those where she would, mom, Andy's poking me. It just gets so mad. I wasn't, but because she said it, I would get blamed for it. It's the way siblings work. Okay, whatever. This is the way Democrats are working right now is that they don't get what they want. And like we've used this analogy many times before, they are definitely the child throwing the temper tantrum in the store, not getting the candy that they want. So they flail on the ground. They cause a big scene. They cry. They moan. They whatever. You know what? They're not getting what they want domestically. 
the population is not approving of their agenda and their legislation. The Supreme Court is shutting it down left and right. So instead of changing their opinion to be more popular with the people voting them into office, they take it to the higher level. International government, United Nations, hey, save us here. We really want to work with you more. Please control our government so that way we can say sorry, but the international law says, and therefore we, it, you know, it's hands off. We get to promote what we want to, and we get to keep our hands clean from it, so that way we don't become unpopular because they can hate you instead of hating us. And then we can say, well, sorry, there's nothing we can do. That's the issue. So regardless of some of these issues, social issues especially, uh, regardless of how we may differ, some people disagree with some of these, it's not going to matter if they allow this to happen because this is what's going on behind the scenes. The absolute madness, the absolute control, and we need to be very aware of it. Because it's kind of scary when it's out of our hands and even our government can't do anything because the international United Nations is going to be controlling everything. Then what do we do from there? How do we change something like that? I mean, I'm not too terribly worried about it right now. Blue helmets. What are you going to do? Come after me. (laughs) Go ahead, blue helmets from the United Nations. I am so terribly scared. But it's something we need to be aware of because we cannot give away that power. We give it away to the domestic federal government already. We cannot for sure give it away to the international governments because there's no way to fight back something like that. Anyways, that's my spiel. When we come back, Keith and Kevin Hodge, the Hodge Twins, their new book, More Than Spots and Stripes on Anti-Critical Race Theory in Our Public Schools. Lots more on that coming up. Stay here. With Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. When Reason Meets Radio. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting. Wherever you may be watching or listening, welcome aboard. Trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that 5-pound bag. Trying to rebrand the millennial generation. One radio listener at a time. Always a pleasure. So, I chatted with the Hodge twins, Keith and Kevin Hodge, author of their new book, A More Than Spots and Stripes. Their book on anti-critical race theory through the Brave Books, which we've talked to. I think we've talked to just about every one of the authors on Brave Books, which you can go to bravebooks.us. For those new listeners that haven't listened to that, it's a super awesome site. You can subscribe. If you have children, young children, definitely recommend it. You subscribe, and you get a monthly kids' book on conservative issues, trying to break that narrative, getting them involved in it early. I'm really, I, I actually just signed up our little one, 
little voice of reason for that when she's seven and she's starting to read. So this is the perfect time to get her involved with this stuff as well. Uh, talk to Keith and Kevin Hodge, and they were actually on another interview right now. So I said, don't worry about it. We'll get them rescheduled here for the next couple of days. So uh, we will get the Hodge brothers on there, but uh, their book, uh, More Than Spots and Stripes, and you can check it out at bravebooks.us. Also, their website is officialhodgetwins.com as they're working to fight the critical race theory mindset in our public school system. Not to worry, we'll get them back on. So we got a lot more to talk about. You and I, chit in the chat, being a little intimate for a Monday here. What's trending today? That's all right, because honestly, I want to talk. We didn't have time to talk about it in the first segment with our other guest with Alexis. So here's a perfect opportunity for us to do so. I don't know if you follow the stock market, if it really matters to you one way or the other, if you are invested or not invested, but what a wild day today. So there was a massive sell-off for those that don't know, and the Dow Jones went down nearly 1,000 points today. At the end of trading, it was up 100 in the green. From the start of the day. So a wild roller coaster. Everybody kind of balanced themselves out today. But one of the largest comebacks that we've seen really since the recession back in 2018. The big question is why? Is everybody's concerned, number one, about the Federal Reserve and what they're doing? Imagine, if you will, a private entity that works with the government that has complete control of the economy that you don't know what they're going to do. And they, they make their independent decisions and then let the world know. And then everybody adjusts based on that. That's the Federal Reserve right now. That's a little scary to me, but they're talking about, of course, raising their interest rates into whatever the hell they do, and everybody did a massive sell-off, majoritively in technology. Then, of course, you got this uh, Yahoo on CNBC, Jim Cramer, who's all up the uh, side of the Biden administration saying that all things are great and Biden's created like six million jobs and how he's just having the fastest recovery in economic history. To me, we have the strongest economy. Perhaps I have ever seen shit. <laughs> yeah. As, remember that? That was a couple of weeks ago as we were talking, or a couple of months ago as we were talking about the massive collapse that we're having. The concern right now is that are we on the precipice of this massive bubble? And for those that don't know, I use this analogy. I'm not the smartest guy. I do not have a college degree in economics. So just bear with me on that one. I know. There are some that usually like credibility. You have to have a degree. You have to have that nice little paper next to you that says that you are certified in reading books in college to educate you as opposed to learning it on your own and talking to people that actually know what the hell they're talking about and remembering what they talk about. Being a talk show host, I think I pride myself in being able to bring on experts on this program and then being able to uh, absorb what they say to have as basic knowledge for us to be able to move forward with instead of just staying stagnant and be like, oh, I don't remember. Let's do it again. That would get very old very quickly. So one thing that I've learned in my years, I may be 33, maybe a millennial, and I tell you, being a talk show host this young, it's very difficult to stand out because people, you don't have life experience. You don't know what you're talking about. But I think we've done a relatively decent job trying to prove ourselves that we know semi what we're talking about on this program. So here's my explanation and my analogy of what I like to use with our economy. When government spends lots of money, when government prints lots of money, when government just prints it out of the blue and injects it into the economy, we create those bubbles. And I reference it, I don't know why, it's a picture that gets stuck in my head every time I think of this, is like someone who tries to bleed their brakes. And if you never bleeded your brakes before, then what happens is if your brakes aren't working, it's probably because you have a bubble in the system. It can't have any air bubbles in your brake system with your brake fluid or else your brakes do not work. So they bleed your brakes to get the bubbles out of it and then it runs streamlined. When you print money, when you create this quantitative easing mindset, 
when you inject money into the system, yeah, it could help the economy temporarily, but you're creating a bubble that eventually will burst with inflation rates that are increasing, with money that's not being backed by anything. You're just creating disasters waiting to happen. Now, what happened over the last two years? Over the last two years, we've had a massive injection of money into the economy with COVID-19, with laying people off, with halting any type of GDP growth, with halting any type of economic progress because of COVID and your non-essential business. And we don't give a crap about you trying to put food on your table. We just, you know, you can walk into the big box store at Walmart, but if you try and walk into the mom and pop shop to grab anything, then you're probably going to spread COVID and kill somebody. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of where we're at right now, isn't it? So it's been frustrating throughout this entire process. Then at the same time, we spent trillions upon trillions of dollars to inject into the economy for COVID relief with our stimulus payments and our stimulus checks, with the universal basic income, I mean, the child tax credit that went on with trying to bail out businesses, with trying to bail out every industry, with trying to get people just rent money to be able to pay for stuff. We did that with no basis in any way, shape, or form to be able to fund it. We just printed it for two years. Now, the Democrats, like usual, and even some Republicans, because most of them lean to that side in that flavor as well, they did the same thing and they enjoyed it just as much. They got their special pet projects and their special interests to be able to pay for goodies. They got their uh, money that they wanted to spend and they loved it, the increase in spending. They loved it. Well, it's necessary to keep the economy going. I mean, we could have opened things up again and actually made things run normally and that could have saved the economy too. But no, we got to print off the check. So, okay, whatever. But now that the Democrats have gotten a taste of spending trillions upon trillions of dollars, we've gone back to the Barack Obama mindset of we need to pass, I guess it's more of a Nancy Pelosi thing, but we need to pass it to see what's in it. That happened with all the COVID bills. No question about it. You're going to get a stimulus check. You're going to get a bailout for your business. You're going to get some relief. We're going to get PPP loans. We're going to do whatever. We don't know what else is in it. Now, if all of that was just was in it, I've heard at least through the rumor mill of elected officials in Washington, D.C., that we could have done that at a way less price tag than what we did with all of the COVID-19 relief stimulus packages because all of them had a lot of prep projects in there as well that had nothing to do with COVID. Now, I know that, again, I know that's a shocker for some, but for others, it's not. We anticipate it. We expect it. When government spends lots of money, it's about 5 to 10% of what's actually going to affect you and I and then the rest of it's going to be projects for them that they've wanted to do, that they found an excuse to drop it into a bill to get the funding for that wasn't necessary, necessarily um, uh, equivalent or related to what we were actually trying to pass in the bill. And now the Democrats and progressives, or I guess I should say elitists in Washington, D.C., the deep state, the ones that actually like government ruling your life, they got a taste of spending massive amounts of money. They don't want it to go away, which is why under the first year of the Biden administration, we tried to ram through an infrastructure package. We've tried to ram through the Build Back Better. We've tried to ram through a voting bill because people don't like what's going on, so they need to ensure their elections going forward into the future. And they want to spend more money. They want the child tax credit, a.k.a. the stimulus universal basic income back. They want universal pre-K. They want the universal college. They want to get rid of all your student loan debt just to spend massive amounts of money. 
then when we can't sustain it, well, we have a lot of debt, we can't sustain doing this, we need to raise your taxes. And then it's an excuse by not saying, well, you know, we'd like to raise your taxes a little bit for this certain program. They've realized it's much easier if you just do the program and then say, well, we're about to go bankrupt, we need to raise the debt ceiling and spend more money and then raise your taxes on the back end just to be able to cover it or else we're going to all die and poor people are going to like be homeless and sick people are going to die in the streets and elderly people are going to be in the gutters. And it's the same old talking points, and honestly and frankly, I'm sick and tired of it. But now we have the bubble beginning to burst. Now, the economy rebound, or the stock market rebounded today. It came back up into the green at the end of trading, but it's the precipice. It's the beginning. When it's no longer sustainable, the bubble will burst. We saw the housing burst during the Clinton administration. The bubble will burst. George Bush really started us down this road when after 9-11 and after everything, he's like, hey, hey, my friends, I'm going to like give you a $350 stimulus check and I'm going to bail out the banks and bail out the auto industry. And then Barack Obama took it to another insane level by tripling what George W. Bush did. Then Donald Trump came in and unfortunately did a lot of the same thing, largely due to COVID to where he was forced his hand and he had to try and keep businesses to survive. I don't necessarily blame him. Didn't like it. Didn't think it was necessary, but he had to do it. Joe Biden is now taking it to another level that we've never seen before because we can't sustain this. For those that like numbers, here's some numbers for you, or at least a concept of some numbers. We are now at the point in the nation to where we can barely afford, with the GDP economic growth that we're starting to see again and getting back to normal, just our economic growth in the country, we can barely afford the interest payments on our debt as a nation. Not the payment itself, the interest payments on our debt. That's like you taking out a credit card, making $50,000 a year, taking out a $200,000 credit card, maxing it all out, and then going above and beyond. And the interest payment is more than you can suffice just on your own with what you have as an income. How do you sustain something like that? And we're doing it as a nation, and they're just like, oh, don't worry about it. It's fine. It may have rebounded today, and idiots on CNBC may say things like this. To me, we have the strongest economy perhaps I have ever seen. No, we don't. At the end of that, if you listen continuously on, Jim Cramer, the Yahoo on CNBC, says you need to spend more money, you need to invest things, just spend it, because you deserve it. You've been through hell with COVID, you deserve it, just spend the money that you have. Guess what? The stock, the shelves on the grocery stores are starting to get thin thanks to a supply chain issue that we didn't have for the first two years of the pandemic, but all of a sudden now Biden comes in and now we don't see anything on the shelves. And he's blaming COVID? I'm sorry, the COVID pandemic was way worse during the Trump administration when it first came out. But now Biden's in charge. We have a disaster there. Inflation's going up at near 7% for this month already, year over year. And he says, go spend money. The economy's awesome. Just go and blow all your money on frivolous things. Because that's the responsible thing to do when we're in a recession and we're going to see a bubble burst, right? The lunacy of the left trying to keep you in such a weird state because you don't know how to respond to this. So you just go along with it. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back. And we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. 
and check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program. And here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online helping you defend and preserve this great republic. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Last segment here on the show for a Monday goes by way too fast. I don't care what any other talk show host says. We are the fastest radio show on radio, plus TV, plus the live streaming, plus the podcasting all over the place. And we appreciate you very, very much, no matter where you may be watching or listening. Just kind of wrap up that conversation. What we really need right now is not for Jim Cramer and other uh, financial experts. And again, this is coming from a guy with no degree in economics. But yet, I seem to be relatively more intelligent than Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who is an elected official, or even Jim Cramer as the stock market expert, investment expert on CNBC, who's just a political hack that's uh, trying to promote the polished dog pile out in the yard as thinking the economy is doing well and saying that Joe Biden created 6 million jobs, which he did not. That's a complete fabrication and lie, and everybody absolutely knows it. But what are we dealing with right now? Right now we're dealing with people trying to figure out how to purchase groceries because the interest rates at 7 or the inflation's at 7% right now. Then you get on top of that some states that really tax their groceries, like we're dealing with here in my state of Kansas, with a 6.5% sales tax on food. Uh, New York is the same way at like 8%. It's, ridiculous. it's stupid. It's stupid. So, yeah, go buy frivolous things by, by all means. Uh, raise up your debt, raise up that, max out that credit card because the government's got you, right? You can do exactly what the government does. The ultimate role model is just uh, get to the point where you can't even pay for the interest rates on here. Uh, I tell you, it's a scary position to be in. I did that with my student loans for a while. It was one of those where I got out, I had just gotten into radio. And trust me, when you first get into radio, you ain't making any kind of money. And I was trying to pay all my student loans, started coming back. So, what I would do is I would pay on one. And I would have it as like the income level to where it's a reduced income payment for my student loan, which is really just kind of paying the interest and letting the principal sit there. I would pay that, which I would struggle to do every month, while the other one sitting on deferment or forbearance or whatever they call it now, where you don't have to pay on it, but it sits there and racks up interest. So I would let that one sit. And then once that ran out, then I would start paying the shortened payment income on that one and just pay the interest on there, while the other one would be on deferment. I would put that one in deferment and let that one accrue interest for a while, and I would bounce back and forth. And that went on for a couple of years. 
which is why my student loans increased from like, I don't know, what at the beginning, like $25,000 in total to like $80,000. And now I'm working them down slowly. And I think we're at like 60. So, hey, we're, <laughs> we're making it happen. But that's what you're going to have to do. There was a headline from, uh, what was it, Newsmax or Trudge Report? I can't remember, about how normal shoppers are starting to do the coupon clipping. You know what we need right now? We really need that show to come back of like the extreme, what was it, the extreme couponers? Or what was that? The extreme shoppers or uh, where you would like use all the coupons and at the end of it, you'd actually walk up to the uh, to the counter and you check out and they would actually owe you money because you used all these coupons in tandem. I mean, that's essentially what we're going to have to do. And how pathetic of a nation is that when we are the best first world country out there with some of the greatest luxuries? And I say luxuries is it. Let me tell you something. And this may upset some. I'm sorry. If you can afford coats and clothes for your pets, your cats and dogs, we have expendable cash in this nation at a level that is a little concerning. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't have that money because, by golly, it's a free market capitalist system. Make all the money you can possibly make in the world. But if you're buying clothes for your pets, oh, it's cold outside. My cat needs a fur coat. Let me tell you, <laughs> I... Uh, my Mrs. Voice of Reason would get mad at me if I said that because we have a couple small little dogs and she likes to get that stuff. It drives me nuts. They're dogs. Now, I love the dogs, but if the dogs have to have a coat to go outside, then are they really dogs? Or are they so domesticated now that they can't survive in the wilderness outside like they were intended to do? Not that I would keep them outside because that's animal cruelty and that's stupid, but they don't need a coat to go outside and do their business and come back. Give me a break. But we're at that level in the U.S., which is a good level to be at because that means that we've done awesome things and that we're innovators and that we are uh, great entrepreneurs and that we have the ability to make cash for expendable cash to do whatever the hell we want to. That's a great level to be at. But if we got to that point and now we're getting to the point where you have to clip coupons for everybody because we can't afford things and we're hoping just to cut a few dollars off an item to go to the grocery store because of a supply chain issue and inflation rates from an administration that's causing the issue on their own, we have a serious problem. And we can fix it. We just got to get the right people in place and we have to stop relying on these ridiculous yahoos on social media and mainstream media talking about what you need to do. Just oh, go spend frivolous things. Don't worry about it. Go spend it on frivolous. You deserve it. It's been a long haul with COVID. We'll give you some cash for a universal basic income. Don't you worry. We'll take care of you. Just go spend your cash. Come on, man. I don't know how that makes any sense in any way, shape, or form. That does it for us today. Podcast up in just a little bit. Back at it tomorrow. We have an entire laundry list of things to get to tomorrow along with some awesome guests all week long. We're actually booked out like three weeks right now on the show, so we will keep you apprised of all the topical current events going on. Until then, this is your show. It's time to speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth, and always speak some reason. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio tomorrow. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. 
Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do.